podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Uh, Steven, good, uh, like, oh, okay, you're talking to somebody else. If I was Greer, says Mar- Magic Mark, I'd want to see two in someone else's offense before giving him a big contract. How can you do that? You already saw him in somebody else's offense. You saw him with no offense the first two years, and he won more than he lost. Again, the problem is, uh, uh, Mark, you're, you don't really know what the problem is. That's the problem. You think two is the problem, but that's – listen, man. Those of you that think two is the problem, 95% of you didn't like two in the first place. You never really believed in Tua, and this is your way of using this as, as your crutch, okay? I'm sure there's a, a couple of you that believed in Tua, and now you're in doubt. I don't think that's a major portion of you. I think that's very few of you. But most of you that are anti-Tua, you were always anti-Tua. So this is just ammunition for you. Again, not here to convince you. I don't give a shit. I can tell you what the problem is. Hey, I told you what the problem is with flow, and you thought it was Tua. So that's where all of you anti-Tua people, you all lost your credibility with me. Every bit of you lost it. Because that was, at least this is a little harder because there's stats behind it, so it kind of freaks you out. And you really, you know, you got to kind of like look through the trees. But with flow, it was so obvious. Those of you picking on Tua, I really don't I don't trust you anymore. I I wouldn't trust your opinion in football. Let's just be honest. Like, I'm being 100% serious. If you thought Tua couldn't play under flow and that chaos, and you couldn't tell that it had nothing to do with the quarterback, I can never trust you again with your football opinion. Uh, Let's understand that. And so a lot of you already come from there. Okay, and so that's where you kind of lost me already as it is. I'm sure there's a few of you that were like two people and now maybe you, you know, whatever happened here, you think it's on him again. And I get it. The interceptions kind of make it look that way. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. It's not. It's not even close on him. Some of the interceptions, I'll blame it on him. But the shortcomings of this team is all on the coach. Every single ounce of it is on the coach. Every bit of it, dude. And so that's why I feel there's a lot of you, you're not reading this right. That's all. Just like you weren't reading it right under flow. And boy, you really got, I could give you a break here getting it wrong. Okay. Because there's a lot of funky stats, a lot of numbers, a lot of yards, touchdowns. So it kind of is deceiving. You know what I'm saying? So you can get fooled. There's the smoke and mirrors is really good here right now. Before, those of you picking on Tua, whoo, doggy. Yeah, I don't trust you at all with your knowledge of football. At all. Like it's kind of embarrassing. Put it that way. Yeah. So uh did mcdaniel learn how to be an in-game coach from mike well yeah he probably did learn well he's worse than dan campbell he's way worse than dan campbell 
because Dan Campbell allows his offensive coordinator to like actually do things the right way. They run the ball a lot and all that. They they do a lot of things right that Miami does wrong, actually. So um, Dan Campbell is way better than Mike McDaniel, believe it or not. Dan Campbell has one bad habit, and that's the field goal thing. Outside of that, everything else is better than I ever expected. He proved me wrong over and over again, and he proved me wrong again this year. He This part, I... I, I never that's not something I ever predicted or talked about or anything that this is something he better correct. But the fact that he did not take uh, responsibility is pretty sad. So. Um, let's see, John Rouse is in the house. Oh, if McDaniel hasn't changed in two years, knowing his problems, why would we think he will learn and change in year three? Why waste time? Because they have to. They they. John, you have to use common sense here, my brother, okay? The front office, this is bad for them. They failed with flow. They do an excellent job with personnel. Trades, drafting, signing free agents. This is the best front office we've ever had since the 70s, okay? I love the front office and personnel, right? But they unfortunately failed with flow. If they fail with this... It's a really bad look, John. So by firing him now and going to get another guy, and then you have to then change. It might change schemes. It might change what you need on your team offensively, defensively. And then that becomes a whole mess. So they have to now. This is a really tough job for the front office. They have to sit down with Mike McDaniel, have a serious conversation with him about what direction they're going in, what they need to do, and they must correct it because I don't know if they can afford to fire another coach and survive to hire a third. Not a lot of GMs survive that. And so they have got a lot of pressure themselves that Mike McDaniel has got to figure it out by next year. So they're going to do everything in their power to help McDaniel kind of figure this out. They can't do it. They're they're stuck. They're they're stuck in a rock and a hard place. The flow thing set them back big time. So now they cannot afford to set themselves back again. So they need to stay on the continuity track and then they need to correct it. And they have no choice, my friends. They have to stay in this in this where they're at right now. Because common sense tells you they may not survive to be able to hire a third coach even if they're great with personnel. So that's kind of where we're at. So the, the, the talk of change has always been ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Uh, quick question. What is the difference in Kirk Cousins and Tua as a QB? Well, Kirk Cousins has been failing for a long, 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 long time. Tua's only had one trip to the playoffs with an absolutely injury-riddled team. So, and a, and a terrible game day coach. So there's a huge difference. Like Kirk Cousins has shown you, oh, it's like Lamar Jackson over and over and over again that they can't get over the hump. So if they show you that, that's, you know, I, I get it. You're an anti-Tua guy because 
why would you even make that comparison? It's a silly comparison. Tua has not been in the league and going to the playoffs for seven, eight years straight and failing every year, like Kirk Cousins, like Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Huge difference. Huge difference. Guy's only been in the playoffs one time. Huge difference. So let's wait, you know. Before you compare them, why don't you give two of five, six more chances to the playoffs like you have with Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson? Oh, because you can't be objective because you're biased, right? I mean, it's the only reason you would make a stupid comparison like that. A guy that's been in the league for 10 years already, 10 plus for Kirk Cousins, right? 10 plus years. And he's proven it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And Tua's only been in the playoffs one time and had a bad outing. I'm not going to tell you he didn't have a good outing, but you're going to compare one outing to a whole bunch. Think about that. That shows your bias, bro. That shows how much you are negative on Tua that you, the guy has just started his career, basically. And, you know, you're already putting him with a guy that constantly chokes in the playoffs. Constantly. For years now. Okay. That's really fair. Um. Anyway. No, I know. There, you can't compare uh, Lamar to Tua. Tua's a much better passer. Much better passer. Lamar's just an athlete, my brother. You, you're right. Check out the completion percentage. Check out the accuracy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. How is the touchdown to interception ratio this year? Eh, probably can't compare it, my man. Probably not. Anyway. Uh, Big O, what about all the games in December or he shit the bed? Dude, the guy's been at it for a couple of a couple of years. That's it. And he wasn't even around for the last December. It was this December that they had a bad December. Again, I get it. You're an anti-Tua guy. Brother, I'm not here to convince you. I, I, you know what I tell all you anti-Tua people? Quit. Don't follow the Dolphins anymore. Leave. Disappear. All you're going to do is whine and bitch and complain about the guy. I certainly don't give a shit about that. You know what I mean? You're pretty much a useless fan in my book. If all you're doing is coming here to complain about Tua, you're a useless fan. You know what I mean? You, you don't believe in Tua, then there's nothing to watch anymore. You don't believe in his Decembers, there's nothing to watch because he's been ruining for 10 Decembers now. You know what I mean? He's only had one December. That's this December. That's it. Before that, he hasn't had anything to, to compete. First two years, he had nothing. And last year, he wasn't even around for December. But that's fine. Whatever, man. Whatever floats your boat. Um, Let me see. What else? Ronnie says, come on, no. Did you quit and disappear when you were a Tannehill hater, when you were they were a useless fan? No, I did not quit. But I basically told you he wasn't the guy. 
That's all. And what did I say? They weren't going anywhere. That's it. That's all. But I but at least I I am upfront about it. You know what I mean? These people, they disappear when he plays well, and then they appear when he doesn't. They're phonies. I tell you, no matter what, from the moment he was drafted to whatever good thing he did, I would tell you it doesn't mean shit. That's the difference. There was conviction. There was intelligence, more than most of you out there that thought Tannehill could play. And I was right from the get-go. From not even drafting him, I was right. Meanwhile, all these phonies wanted to suck for Tua. Then when they get Tua, then they shit on Tua, right? And then when he plays well, they all disappear. None of them ever show up. And then they wait for a bad moment and like cowards, they come out of the woodwork. Whereas I told you, anything that Ryan Tannehill did was an aberration. Anything Ryan Tannehill did was not really anything impressive. Straight from the get-go, good or bad, I told you it meant nothing because he was never a franchise quarterback. There's a huge difference with the way I handle Tannehill and they handle Tua. These cowards disappear when he's balling. Completely disappear. That's the difference. Huge difference. Anyway. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Big old people play too much Madden in their mom's basements. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. My opinion on Lamar, why when he was a free agent, nobody wanted him. Do you know why? And, and see, you know what I love about the phoniness of the Lamar Jackson shit? from writers, national people, national figureheads, ESPN, Fox, uh, Herald, Sun Sentinel, Palm Beach Post, any local radio station, national radio stations, they're all, most of them, full of shit. Oh, why didn't everybody, oh, everybody was regretting Lamar. No, dude, nobody was regretting not signing Lamar. You know why? Nobody was ever going to commit to that offense. Because nobody runs that offense in the entire NFL. Do you know why? Because you have Lamar Jackson. And so you have to run that remedial offense. Okay? He doesn't use the entire passing tree. It isn't a complicated passing game. It's a very basic passing game. With a heavy run and heavy defense. And most people... God bless John Harbaugh and his conviction to stay with it. Can you win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? Hell yeah. You won one with Trent Dilfer. You won one with Peyton Manning when he couldn't throw for more than 10 yards. 
you can win practically a Super Bowl with almost any quarterback as long as he doesn't screw it up. And in this case, as long as he doesn't screw it up, but they run and they dominate. If they can dominate at every level like they do in the regular season, as I've told you all for many years now, I've tried to explain it to people. People on national television, they don't have the balls to actually be honest. It's a regular season offense that's very difficult to prepare for from one week to another. But once you get to the playoffs, the elite defenses are now alive. And Kansas City can punch you in the mouth. And as you saw, Tyreek Hill got ragdolled by the defensive backs of Kansas City. Okay? Tyreek Hill got ragdolled. Okay? All right. What he wanted to do to the guy in the fishing pier is exactly what they did to him. Basically. Only problem is they stopped Tyreek from doing it to the guy. If they if his friend or the entourage did not stop him on one or two attempts, he would have gotten a chance to ragdoll that guy. But when Tyreek met his match on the football field, not an old man in the pier, what happened? They ragdolled his ass. And that's what you do to Lamar Jackson. And football people know it. But they also are not willing to do the things that I'm willing to do, that they come out in the open and just say, Lamar's a beautiful human being. He's super easy to root for, super cool guy, but he is a limited passer. And you have to dedicate yourself to a heavy run offense that most people in the NFL don't run since they had leather helmets. But they're not willing to tell you that. Only I'm willing to tell you that. Somebody on ESPN or WPLG or QAM or FAN or whatever, they're not willing to tell you that. I'm the only guy, it seems, that I seem to have the discussions with others that, hey, he's not that special. He's a great athlete, but he ain't great quarterback. He can't pass, dude. How many, how many throws were overthrown yesterday in deep balls? You can't be a great quarterback if you can't hit a deep ball often. Not occasionally, often. Problem is... Too many don't understand the game of football. And I'm sorry if I come off obnoxious, uh, cocky, arrogant, whatever, dude. I don't care. And I know that sometimes I come off like that. I totally understand that. And I know. But that comes from confidence from what I watch and from what I've been watching for half a freaking century. Years have gone by. The guy does not improve as a passer, just like Josh Allen. And what I have been right on, and I continue to be right on, I thought Josh Allen proved me wrong, but he didn't. Once you're inaccurate, you will always be inaccurate. No one, not Jalen Hurts, not Josh Allen, not Lamar Jackson, not one erratic quarterback has ever become accurate. They all will have the erratic trait. And that's why Josh Allen got back to running. 
And that's why they started winning. And that's why Baltimore lost yesterday. They got away from the run. Because they thought they had a passer. And only idiots think that Lamar Jackson is a passer. And if you don't believe me, just watch what I just showed you. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I can do better than he can in that, in that, in that challenge. Seriously, by the way. Dead ass serious. I do better than his score. I mean, it's 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 horrible. So you're not going to win like that. Now, can you win? Of course you can. Now you've got to have a perfect game. You've got to be dominant. You got to be able to run the ball throughout the throughout the regular season, set yourself up, get home field advantage, which you had. And now you got to dominate with the run in the in the playoffs. And then when you get to the Super Bowl, whoever's a Super Bowl opponent, you need to dominate them with the run. If you don't do it like that, you'll never win a championship with Lamar Jackson. If you think he can carry you this way, what are you watching? What are you watching? What, the occasional freakish throw? He's an athlete. That's what they do. We had a guy in the park back in, uh, in Little Havana. His name was Angel. Short guy, stocky, strong as a mother, tough son of a bitch, fearless as hell, would fight anybody, okay? And watched out with Angel, okay? All right? Cojones that were the size of, of, of my house, okay? I mean, really, and a good dude overall. Now, as a quarterback, because he was a freakish athlete, he wasn't necessarily a great quarterback. But he used to love to throw bombs because he was in shape and he could throw the ball 60 yards downfield, right? So you knew when you were playing Angel, if you were playing safety, you had to kind of cheat a little back because he was going to tell everybody in the huddle, just run deep, <laughs> you know? So you had to be ready. Now, was he a good quarterback? No. Was he a great athlete? Yes. Could he occasionally burn you? Yeah, you had to be on your P's and Q's because occasionally he can burn you. Now, was he a guy that was going to make a living like pinpoint passing? No. He would kill you with a run, and he would kill you once in a while with a bomb that he was occasionally accurate with. More often than not, he wasn't accurate with it. He just had a cannon. He was like Michael Bishop. For those of you that really follow football, you know, the Patriots drafted Michael Bishop out of Kansas State, I believe, years ago. And it was one of those things where there was a um, a need for a Hail Mary thrower, you know. And I guess they felt that, I guess, who, who at that time, was it early Brady or whatever? I don't know what it was, but they felt like they needed Michael Bishop. And he would come in and throw like a, a Hail Mary because Michael Bishop was not a big guy, but my God, he had a cannon for an arm. He had no idea where it was going, but it could fly. You know, that kind of stuff. You could win with Lamar Jackson, but you're going to have to play perfect football. And you have to dedicate yourself to a style of football that nobody plays anymore. No one in the NFL plays. Heavy, heavy, heavy run. And it's just not conducive to having success because it's a pass-heavy league. You score points by passing. 
yeah, you need the run. You have to have the run. You need it for balance, but it cannot be your main weapon. It can be the complementary weapon even to your passing game, but it cannot be that we're a run-oriented team and we occasionally pass. And that's been the Ravens' problem. I mean, let me see if I can look it up. I'm just going to I'm going to go I'm going to guess that I'm right here on this. But I might be wrong, but we'll see. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's bring it up here. Okay, so yesterday, 272, uh, 152, 321, 252, 171, 316, 177, 264, 223, 187, 157, 357, 223, 236, 186, 202, 237, 189. Do you know what that is? Lamar Jackson's passing totals in every game. Occasionally, because he's an athlete, occasionally he will explode. Can he do it consistently? No. Can he hit that 20-yard out consistently? No. Can he hit the bomb consistently? No. Odell Beckham has uh, been targeted 64 times, caught 35 of them. How's that timing? You know, it, it's just, it, it's a thing where you just get caught up with the electricity of the player, but you really don't look factually at what he really is as a quarterback. And can you win a Super Bowl? You can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, right? If Derrick Henry that day is dominant, 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 and Ryan only has to make four or five passes to help move the chains a couple times, and the defense dominates and picks up a turnover and all that, the Titans could win a championship, right? Now, you're going to need a dominant line, a dominant running game, a dominant defense, and put Ryan Tannehill in a Trent Dilfer position, in a Peyton Manning position, the second Peyton Manning, the, the Broncos Peyton Manning. Yeah, you. we've seen it. We've watched Brad Johnson win where he just doesn't have to do too much because you have a generational defense. By the way, the Ravens defense, not generational. And that's why you're also not going to win with Lamar. Peyton Manning in Denver had a generational defense. Trent Dilfer in Tampa had a generation. No, I'm sorry, in Baltimore had a generational defense. Right? You know? Brad Johnson had a generational defense. So some of these guys, when they win, they're not that good, but what's around them is so freaking dominant that you can win with the Hotstetler a Super Bowl. And you're the, the Giants were monsters, bro. They had a great line. They had one of the best D lines out there. They had the greatest linebacker in the history of mankind. They had Mark Bavaro, who we never talk about anymore. And Mark Bavaro was the equivalent of, of Larry Zonka at tight end. I, in fact, I've never seen a Larry Zonka at tight end until Mark Bavaro. And nobody talks about Mark Bavaro, unless those of us that watched how great Mark Bavaro was. 
Got to be special. Baltimore's good. They're not that special. They're not Ray Lewis special. They're not even Jamal Lewis special, by the way. (laughs) Not only are they not Ray Lewis special, they're not Jamal Lewis special. Jamal Lewis was special. That was a, that dude, bro. That dude was a beast. Where are we at now? What's uh, what's 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 Bitcoin doing right now? Over forty three thousand one hundred forty three. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Watching Bitcoin bounce, bounce. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, big O, I'm a Tua guy. I'm concerned about his clutch time gene that didn't uh, this season show the way I thought it would. What part of Tua's game does he need to improve? What Was it not clutch the first goal round against Kansas City when he hit the bomb to Tyreek and he dropped it? So that wasn't clutch? So it wasn't clutch in the uh, couple weeks ago when he threw a touchdown to Tyreek in the end zone and to Claypool in the end zone? I'm just wondering, is it only clutch when he doesn't throw the interception or is it also not clutch when he throws it, but they don't catch it? Just wondering. If Tyreek doesn't screw up the first Kansas City game all by himself, you got you got the bye week. Is that on Tua? If if uh, if Fangio can't blitz the young quarterback in Tennessee and made him look like Tom Brady, is that on Tua? I'm sorry, I must have missed that. Like, everything's on Tua when it's not. So you're not being fair at all. You make it sound like they ended up here all because of Tua, and that's just not true. So right before the half against Baltimore, you're at Baltimore's 42-yard line. Was there a reason to hurry up the play? which ended up in a turnover by Tua, but was that really something that you had to do? Was that smart? Are you an offense that's always sharp and all, you should be hurrying up plays? Or did you put your quarterback and your team in a really bad position? You know, again, you know what, guys? I think I'm done answering those questions for the rest of the offseason. I think I'm done answering two questions from you guys. Yeah, I think I am because it's just, it's not worth it. I'm not reaching you people. You're going to be what you are anyway. So it doesn't matter. Why should I try to reason with you? I, I You're the same people I couldn't reason when Brian Flores and his terrible staff were killing Tua. I'm the one that told you that the guy didn't want him. That the guy hated Tua. I'm the guy that told you this. No one in no one that covers the Dolphins told you this. No one. I'm the one that told you, and you didn't want to believe me. So it's cool. It just gets tiring to have to try to explain something that I've been explaining for a while. You know, it's boring. It really is. 
So Spags so underrated. I, I don't think Spags is underrated, bro. I think we've all known Spags is an awesome coach. Much better than Fangio. So. Oh, the guy that meant to us clutch in Bama big games and NFL games. He shrinks like fumbled snap, buddy. Game over. Remember that? Yeah, it's it's all selective memory. That's all it is. Uh, because we're hypercritical. No, uh, Chuck, no, no. There's a lot of you that are just stupid. Yeah, I'm not here to kiss your ass, bro. Yeah, I, I don't do that. You should know that by now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to kiss your ass. I'm not here to just be friendly to try to win you over. I'm going to be myself. I'll be myself with Pat Riley. I'll be myself with you. I'll be myself with Jimmy Johnson. I'll be myself with whoever. Okay? That's just the way I roll. You know? And you'll get the best of me and the worst of me. That's just the way. But at least you're going to get me. Not a phony. And that's the way I'm going to keep it. So I'm going to go with stupid. I'm more comfortable with stupid. Okay. I saw a lot of it the first two years. It's not hypercritical. It's stupidity. You could get fooled here. I'll give you a break here. But I got a lot of it in the first two years already. So it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of you out there that just don't understand the game of football. That's all. Or basketball or baseball or hockey you're just emotional and you overreact on stuff and you're really not watching what's actually really going on. So that's just kind of the way it is. Mr. Spock says to add 11 drops and 171 targets for third most in the league. If you add targets tight end for Tua, we should expect the ball to be spread around more. They will add the tight ends. They know the front office knows. Oh, well, I'm assuming. Uh, but they have to know because they're pretty smart. They have to get a tight end. They have to add a playmaking tight end to this offense. This offense needs a playmaking tight end in order to bring balance to it. So. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, no need to get butt hurt. Ha ha. Just asking what part of Tua's game can improve. Um, his game is fine. He just made some bad decisions just like the year before. Bad decisions with his body and bad decisions with interceptions. That's the only thing I worry about with him, that he forced too much shit this year. And he needs to tell Mike McDaniel, I'm not doing that anymore. And if you can't get the play in on time, call your own damn play, bro. Screw the coach. Call your own play. Please, Tua, don't be Bam out of bio. Please don't be Bam out of bio. Be your own man. And, you know, that's that's why Russell Wilson lost that Super Bowl. Because he wasn't his own man. When that play calls comes in, you don't even mention it to your teammates in the huddle. Hey, Marshawn, ball to you. Let's win this thing. And that's it. Sometimes you got to do – you You can't keep sitting there going, waiting for, for you know, fra uh, 
scatterbrained to figure shit out on the sidelines. So that's that, that would be something that I need him to become. And I've already talked about this. I've already talked about this many times over. He's got to stay away from the turnovers, and he's got to learn to start thinking for himself. I don't know if he'll ever do it because he may have the Russell Wilson disease. He may have the Bam Adebayo disease, you know, and that sucks. I hope he doesn't have the Bam Adebayo disease. Uh, Big O, uh, call your own play, Tua, and the funny thing is he did call his own play with the TD to the bomb on Tua. I know. I know. To Hill. I know. I know. But that was, again, remember what you remember what that came from, right? He 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 could not understand what the call was, so he kind of like then assumed, and he then called the play that he thought it was, and then it was the touchdown. It's kind of what it is. That's what I'm saying. When when Jimmy took it away from Marino, like you're stupid, Jimmy, you're a moron. But Jimmy was a moron. We already knew that. You know he didn't want Troy Aikman. He wanted to keep giving Vinny Testaverde the, the, the football. So, you know, Jimmy did a lot of stupid shit, too. His teams were super talented, so he ended up winning. But, you know, game day sometimes, he was like a riverboat gambler. You know, that's kind of the way he coached on the seat of his pants. It wasn't that he was this phenomenal genius or anything like that. Some of it is dumb luck on his part. A lot of it is dumb. Because you you got Marino and it's like, okay, let me take away your audibles. So now Marino goes to the line and he can't change. And if he sees the defense and he knows exactly what's going on, like you're not going to let him take advantage of it? Stupid. It's dumb. But that's because you wanted to control him and you wanted to get rid of Dan Marino and Wayne Huizinga didn't let you. Just like Flo didn't want to, uh, and then they drafted him anyways. So then... Jimmy was a dick to Dan. Flo was a dick to Tua. It's amazing how history repeats itself. A lot of the things that happen, happen over and over and over again in life. Uh, Frankie Fresco, thank you for the love on the super chat. Yes, sir, Tua is Bam. I said that to you before. I hope not, but the way it's going, oh, Lord. He has the same, you know, Mr. Nice Guy thing. And you can't be Mr. Nice Guy all the time. You know? Being Mr. Nice Guy does not pay off. Um, I've, I've learned that the hard way, actually. Uh, I used to, early on in my life and even business, uh, you try to make everybody happy and you end up learning that you can't make everybody happy. You'll never make everybody happy. You'll kill yourself. You'll drive yourself literally crazy trying to do that. Just be yourself, man. Those that care about you, love you, will gravitate to you. Those that don't, you know who they are and you move on, you know? Hmm, forgot. I got to get a chest x-ray today. How about that? It's my last thing before I get my operation next week for my foot. Oh, man. 
what else do we have going on? Ah, uh, let's go through a little uh, music and entertainment. Let's see what we got going on here. Let's start off with the uh, birthdays. If I can actually find it. All right, here we go. Birthdays on January 29th. Uh, Madison Bailey, actress, is 25. Oprah Winfrey is 70. Tom Selleck is 79. Adam Lambert is 42. Charlie Wilson, R&B singer, 71. Uh, da, 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 da. Justin Hartley, actor, 47. Pop singer Rag and Bone Man. I've never heard of him, but he's 39. Heather Graham, actress, is 54. Riff Raff, the rapper, is 42. They allow anything in this world. Uh, what else? Sarah Gilbert, TV actress, is 49. Romario, soccer player, 58, and former Miami FC alum. I remember when we had Romario at Tropical Park playing for Miami FC. It was like, it was, I'm like, Am I really here at Tropical Park watching one of the greatest players in the world I, I, on the back end of his career? And I know he's trying to get that the record for goals or whatever, or something like that. And I think he got it here. But it's like I'm watching Romario in a Miami FC uniform. It was just like it was one of those things that just like, really, am I doing that? Like, is this really happening it was just like, you know, I know some of you, you don't care about soccer. You, you know, I, I get it, but I do, and I appreciate it. And and I appreciate being able to see Romario. I mean, obviously, you want to see him in his youth, but it was still pretty cool to see Romario and meet Romario. Uh, let's go with music history. In 1967, on this date, concert goers in London got quite a show at the Seville Theater where Jimi Hendrix and The Who both performed. A 20-year-old future queen guitarist, Brian May, was in the audience. In 79, on this date, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer disbanded. In 83, on this date, Stevie Nicks married Kim Anderson in L.A. He was the widower of Fleetwood Mac's singer friend Robin Anderson, who passed away from cancer. Nicks admitted she wed Kim so she could take care of Robin's baby. The pair wound up getting divorced the next year. Uh, and in 2008, the Mars Volta released her album Bedlam in Goliath. And that is what happened today in music history. By the way, if you're a Yes fan, John Anderson, I don't know if it'll happen because him and Steve Howe and all that kind of crap. And I don't like this whole thing, how the, the Yes factions are broken up, but uh, John Anderson says he's open to a reunion with Steve Howe and Rick Wakeman in a new interview with Mojo. The singer says he still considers himself a part of the old of his old band, even though he left. Yes. In 2008, 
I was uh, talking my talking to my touring band, the Band Geeks, and said, hopefully we can play in London and Steve will get up and do a couple songs with us. Maybe Rick, too. It just means talking. When I'm out there singing on my own, I still think I'm part of Yes. They still feel like my songs, and they should be. And it would be nice to see them get back together one more time. I would like to see them together one more time. I got to see them together. Uh, I've seen them apart. I don't really like the version of Steve Howe's Yes, to be quite honest. It, I, I find it kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, even though I love Yes's music, but I... I, I don't tend to gravitate to a lot of their set lists that they end up picking. And the energy is not the same. Uh, I will tell you this, the Trevor Rabin years, the big generator and the 90210 or whatever the hell, 90215 or whatever the, the numbers were for that damn album. Uh, those, that was awesome. That was awesome. And I didn't know a damn thing about Trevor Rabin back in those days. That was my first, you know, like, who the hell is Trevor Rabin? And brother, I became a fan of his. That was an awesome concert. I saw it at the, I saw both tours, the 90210 and the Big Generator at the Hollywood Sportatorium, and they were fantastic. But I would love to see John Anderson. And yes, just one more time. And you know, how Wakeman and Anderson together on a stage one more time doesn't mean much to some of you, but to me, God, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Riff Raff is a rapper. I don't know what he is, bro. Rapper, loser, whatever you want. I've seen the loser on in the news one way or another for something bad or good, or I don't know what the hell it was, or something stupid or something, but I, I know the loser's name. That I, that I do know. Uh, Steve M. Hateful Steve chimes in on Venmo Cash App or Venmo Cash Big O Show. If McDaniel can make this big change he needs to make next year, what's our cap situation like for 25-26 under a new coach, or are we essentially rebuilding? You have two years left before you have to, like, reset big time. But you have two years of flexibility. So McDaniel's not going anywhere. They've got to try to figure it out. They're already in on this. They can't back out anymore. The toothpaste is out of the tube. So you're not going any other way. All right. So. By the way, Steve M. Yesterday, before the Lamar Jackson outing, sure does look like a nice, it's nice to have a mobile QB, but I guess you don't need one, even though the final four teams in the AFC have all mobile QBs, but we'll just keep referencing Breeze as if it matters. First of all, Purdy is not really. I already proven that to you. He doesn't run in two games. So, again, Steve M. And Lamar Jackson runs, and what does he run into every year? The offseason. Okay? And Mahomes is the greatest player on the planet. Nobody should be compared to him. Okay? And Jared Goff isn't a runner either. And he got to the NFC Championship game. So... You know, you, you sent it a little too early. So then he backs up and he sends another one after it says San Fran's game manager. See, he, he doesn't say mobile anymore. Is clearly better than ours and even beat two of his first game. Uh, 
the amazing inconsistencies of hateful Steve. That's all right. It's he doesn't have much facts normally. He doesn't really depend on facts. He he's another one of those uh, crazy emotional lunatics like some of you are. Uh, Big O, I was lucky to see Yes in the 70s, and to me, they stopped being the real Yes when the original bassist, oh, yeah, Chris Squire. Chris Squire passed away. Yes. Yes, Chris Squire was a beast. What a great bassist. I mean, Wakeman is a, an amazing keyboardist. Howe is such a gifted guitarist. I mean, there's so many things about Yes. It, it's funny because when you see a great team, right, well, there are elements. It's not just Mahomes. It's Chris Jones, right? It's Kelsey. It, it, it's Andy Reid on the sidelines, right? There's There are so many things, right? They're secondary now. McDuffie and these guys are just, I mean, they're brutal, dude. Those guys are tough on receivers. And, and, and there's a reason why you're great. It's not just Mahomes. While we credit him, there are several people that make the world go round. You know, it's not just Mahomes. Mahomes not going to play well if that line in front of him, as you saw in the Super Bowl a couple of, you know, was it four years ago when they got their asses kicked, right? Why did they get their asses kicked? Well, you could give credit to Mahomes all you want, but Mahomes was on his ass that day. Not his fault. They had no line. It's amazing when you see a great band. There's a reason why they're a great band. And it's not just because of the singer or the guitarist, you know, it's because Alex Van Halen is a great freaking drummer. That's why it's not just Eddie Van Halen and Michael Anthony is a sensationalist bassist and maybe some of the best backup vocals. You know, you look at the who, okay. You had one of the great drummers of all time. You have one of the great bassists of all time. And you have one of the, maybe Pete Townsend might not be considered one of the greatest guitarists ever. Or maybe he is in your book. I don't have a problem with either one. For me, he's one of the greatest, but maybe not at the top. But when it comes to writing music as a guitarist, he's one of the greatest. That's not even up for debate. And then Roger Daltrey is Roger Daltrey. And give me a break. And there's a reason why the band is great. Because more often than not, it's not just one dude. It's several people that make it great. And, and that, that, that's the interesting part about greatness. We get caught up in trying to find the one person we want to give all the credit to. But it, it, it comes in as a, a team effort all the time. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, can we change Hateful Steve's name to Alternative Fact Steve's? The alternative part is you, you have no idea how, how good that goes with him because his politics are as screwed up as it gets. He is as one-sided as it is. He's like a bleeding Democrat, but the opposite, like the, the polar opposite of it polar opposite it's funny that's how opposite it is it's like listening to a bleeding democrat 
bleeding heart Democrat. Soft ass fool. The bleeding heart Democrat, by the way. Uh, let's see. Hateful Steve is the epitome of throwing mud in the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah, basically, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. But it's entertaining. It's entertaining the stuff I get. All one-sided. Everything. Never, ever objective about anything at all. Never sees the other side of anything. Only his side. Big O, hear me out. Zeppelin, Plant, Page, John Paul Jones, and arguably the greatest drummer of all time, Bonzo. Yeah, you're right. It's a reason why they were great, right? It's just kind of the way it, it, it usually works out that way. You know? It's, it's not just Paul McCartney. There's John Lennon and there's George Harrison. You know what I'm saying? It's not just one guy. There are supremely talented individuals all over the place, and that's what it is. And we just have this thing like we are dying to give all the credit to one person, and it's just, it's not fair. It really isn't. Uh, let's see. I'm not blaming Tua for anything. I'm not even blaming him for the interception because I am blaming Mike McDaniel for the stupid-ass play calling and game management. His inexperience shows. Yes, it does. His inexperience has been exposed big time, unfortunately, with Mike McDaniel. I, I like him personally, but he's got to start making better decisions. He makes way too many dumb decisions out there. Way too many dumb decisions. And he doesn't have common sense when it comes to calling plays, unfortunately. You know, what he did this in that Kansas City game with Mostert, and I'm like, dude, you, you told the guy. You told him. You apologized to him. And then you said you would change it. And then in, in the most important moment, you went and did the same shit over and over again. Like, really, dude? Come on, man. Crazy stuff. Really is. Uh, what else do we have going on? I think I covered pretty much everything. By the way, Browns are hiring uh, Ken Dorsey. Did you guys see that? Well, Tua, Marino, Steve Young, uh, um, Jared Goff, Rams, Jared Goff, Detroit, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Brian Dable, Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen, Joe Brady. Kind of helps, right? Having the right coach. Somebody that understands your skill set and how to use your skill set. Another example. Lots of examples in the history of football on how to use a player and how not to use a player. It's interesting. Keep telling you, Mike McDaniel doesn't know how to use his quarterback right now, not using him the right way. I know the anti people don't want to hear that. That's fine. It's all good. But I mean, you know, you can hear it with all kinds of other quarterbacks, right? I know it's it's all right to say it about Marino. It's all right to say that Steve Young was lost in Tampa and not in San Fran. It's all right to say that Jared Goff was nothing more than a game manager with the Rams, but they actually made him a franchise quarterback in Detroit. 
you know, it's all right to say it about other quarterbacks, but of course, Uno, you know, it, it can't be happening to Uno. No, you can mismanage Mar Marino, but there's no way of mismanaging Uno. No, sir, not at all. No, no, no. You can mismanage Rich Gannon. Yeah, you can do that. Maybe, maybe Kurt Warner was mismanaged with the Giants. I don't know. Somehow or another, he wasn't with the Rams and the Cardinals. I'm not sure. But environments, you know. But I get it. Environments, intelligence, and play call will never have anything to do with him. He is immune to that. He is supposed to rise and do everything. Tua doesn't need anything around him. He can do it all by himself. Uh, we thank Ira Winderman. And if you missed that, you can go check it out as we uh, talked a little bit about the fake three. We thank uh, Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend that knows how to get it done every single day here on the platform. And we appreciate him immensely, as always. Uh, we are going to have a shooting contest on Wednesday. Top Gun, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. All right. So come on out and join us. 12015 Southwest 114th place right off of 120th and the Turnpike. Everyone that shows up to participate in the contest. We'll get this. A big old T-shirt. Could be black, could be gray, could be orange, could be aqua. Don't know what, you know, got a variety of colors. So I don't promise you a color, but I do promise you a shirt if you participate, of course. You can come by and watch and shoot and all that. We're going to have prizes and giveaways, and then the top prize will be a beautiful plaque. And we got set up. Can I pull up the? I can pull up the plaque, can I? Is it here? Yeah, I think I got it here. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let us put some boom in it. Let's see. Here we go. I know I posted it yesterday or the day before or something. The uh, tweet with the plaque. The plaque is up for the top shooter on the Big O Radio Show. And hopefully if everything goes well, let's have a big outing so we can have a one every quarter. So there it is. I've got it. Take down that billboard. Here we go, Sean. And that's the plaque that is up for you, whoever wins it. There you go. So whoever's the top shooter, you win. And, you know, we'll have some other prizes and giveaways and all that other stuff. So, and we'll have T-shirts and all that. So come on out, man. Let's have some fun. We're not charging you to be part of it, but it's a great way to check out Top Gun Indoor Range. Maybe you want to buy a holster, a safe. Uh, maybe you want to buy a gun. You never know. Maybe you need to buy ammo. Maybe archery. If you're in archery, they've got an archery uh, range there also, which is really cool. They're the only indoor archery range in Dade County, which is actually really cool. I want to. I want to get to. Uh, I want to start learning and and trying to get better at archery because uh, I definitely suck at it. I remember getting uh, making my own bow and arrow when I was a kid. Back in the day. 
you get the branch and the string and all that, and you're trying to make them bad, them terrible bows and arrows. Anyway, you just watch Robin Hood on WCIX, and you're like, oh, I got to go make one for me. Right. That's uh, that's kind of the way it went. Anyway, we uh, thank Ira Winderman and Sean Stanley. We thank all of you that tuned in and sent in a super chat. We appreciate you. Cash app or Venmo anytime you're listening. Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash app or Venmo. And, of course, you can always make a Bitcoin donation anytime you're listening. Always appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Same bad channel.